What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. No intro today. Jumping straight into it. Got two really quick topics to cover. Let's be honest. It's the summer. There's not a ton going on. So we're going to cover what's going on, and we're going to get out of here. Okay, no fluff, no fat. We cut all that. So let's get into it. Summer League, right? That is what I would like to think. The most popular thing going on right now, maybe it was the Home Run Derby, but that's over. Now we're back to normal nine-inning baseball. It's not September. It's not October. So let's be honest. You don't really care. Okay, when the playoffs get here, wake us up when it comes to baseball. So right now, it's all about the Summer League. It's all about basketball. And whenever we come into the Summer League, everybody is focused on one thing, and that is... The new rookies, right? Like the new kids on the block. The new shiny toy on your favorite team. That is who you want to see, show up, and show out. But over you know the past five years, it's become very common for second and third year players to go back and play in the summer league to continue to develop. So this is now the second year summer league. That's what this is all about. Okay, when we look at the top ten scores in the summer league, nine of them, Nine out of the ten top scorers in Summer League either played in the NBA or the G League last year. Okay, Jabari Smith Jr. being the leader of that, he's been nothing short of incredible. Okay, the Summer League is really no different from the start of the NBA season when it comes to rookies. Okay, we aren't looking for insane consistency. We aren't looking for them to go out and score 40 points. We aren't looking for them to do anything overly spectacular. But we are looking for flashes which we've seen from these rookies so far in this class. Victor Wimbam-Yama. Wimbam-Yama, geez, had, you know, he had the, the Portland game where he scores 27 points and pulls down 12 rebounds. He had the five blocks in, in his first game. When we look at Scooter Henderson, look, he looked really good in his debut before he hurt his shoulder, you know, scored like 13 points in the first quarter. Like you, We saw flashes from him. Brandon Miller had the 26-point game the other night. Nick Smith Jr. for the Hornets had 33 on the same night. The Thompson Twins have both shown flashes with the athleticism and the defense and the playmaking. Uh, Anthony Black has had some good performances. But here's the thing. None of them have been consistent. None of them have been a solid, you know, consi- like there, there's been up and downs in all of their performances. And it's going to be the same thing when the NBA season comes. Okay, we're going to get to the NBA season, and people are going to expect for especially Wimby to be awesome immediately. And I'm just telling you, that is not going to happen. If they aren't even consistent in the summer league against G-leaguers and other young players, how in the world can we expect them to be consistent against legit NBA players? Even even looking at Paulo Bancaro, who won Rookie of the Year last year, he had some rough patches. Okay, from the start of the season through March, he struggled to shoot the ball from three. Okay, in the month of February, he shot 3% from three-point line. We're talking about the rookie of the year here. Inconsistent. And then, from March through the rest of the year, he shot 39% from three. Okay, there are ups and downs for every single rookie. And there is a lot of hype with this class, okay? I don't have to explain all the hype around Wimby. We see it. We understand it. We have anticipated him for a couple years now. And then when it comes to picks two and three, people are divided. Okay, it seems like a lot of people thought Scoot should have gone in front of Miller. And then there are people who are like, like me who are like, no, Miller definitely should have gone in front. 6'8 wing who, who can shoot the basketball, got to take him over the 6'2 guard. That's just me, though, I guess. So a lot of people are split. They've chosen their guy. Are you a Scoot guy or are you a Miller guy? 
Okay, and we're going to get into this season, and people are going to be glued to them, seeing who has the better year. That isn't what should what we should be looking for, though. We need to see how high the highs are and how often they have awful games. As they get older, they're going to improve. Just look at Jabari Smith Jr. for the Houston Rockets. Tari Eason for the Houston Rockets. Jaden Hardy from the Dallas Mavericks. From year one to year two in the summer league, all of their scoring is up from last year by at least five points, and they're shooting the ball more efficiently as well. Players get better. Do not, do not pay attention to the rookies' numbers until around games 30, 35, 40. Don't pay attention to that. Because they may have a night where they go for 40. Do you guys remember Dennis Smith Jr. in Dallas? He'd have these random nights where he'd score like 25, and now and then he was out of the league for a few years, and now he's back in like a bench roll. Through those first 40 games, shoot, through the entire first season, if you want to project, because that's really what the rookie season is about, because very, very few players in the history of the NBA show up and dominate from day one. That is not what we're going to get from anybody in this class, not even Wimby. Do not look for dominant performances. Look for flashes of things that you know are going to stick around because these rookies, they are going to be inconsistent. Jonathan, how do you know that? Because every rookie is inconsistent. And then as we get into year two, year three, we can start expecting them to be a little bit more consistent. That's what we're expecting from Jabari Smith Jr. this year, especially with the way that he's played in the summer league. So yeah, don't expect too much from these rookies here in year one. Now the other thing I want to talk about before I get out of here, we had the ESPYs last night handing out all the awards. I'll be honest, I don't know who won any award because the dominant headline has been LeBron James is not retiring, right? Like that's been the big thing. So everybody's been talking about. And I'm going to be honest, this whole fake retirement thing is a large part of why people do not like LeBron James. Let's recap what happened. LeBron James gets swept in the Western Conference Finals by the Denver Nuggets. Four games, zero. We will see you later. We're going to the NBA Finals. Sorry, Lakers. And what the story should have been was, man, these... These Denver Nuggets are really good. That's what the story should have been. But because it's LeBron James, the story was going to be, oh, LeBron James just got swept in the Western Conference Finals. Okay, and now that's not his fault. That's not the Nuggets' fault. That's not the Lakers' fault. That's just how it is. It's just how things go. And so to defer, to avoid the ridicule that he was going to get for getting swept in the playoffs, what does he do? He drops hints that he might retire. And I'll be honest, it's a brilliant move because the media ran with it. It was a story for like a week. But the people, the fans, the people that are truly invested are not stupid. The people who really pay attention are not stupid. He blatantly lied to avoid all the backlash he was going to get in the moment for being swept. And if you paid any sort of attention, then you would have known that him talking about retirement was absolutely ridiculous. The man who has said repeatedly that he wants to play with his son was not going to retire before he got that opportunity. 
It's LeBron James. Do us all a favor. Quit lying and just face the music. Please. Okay, quit, you know, reading the same book and being on the same page. I know you guys have seen those memes. Just face the music, man. You got swept. So what? Michael Jordan got swept. Kobe Bryant got swept. A lot of guys have been swept. Not a big deal. Okay? Golly. Sorry. Stuff like that just, it just, it gets under my skin. And what gets under my skin even more is, is how the media just runs with storylines like that. I remember, you know, being right here on Shooting the Schmidt. You can go back. You can find it. He's, you know, hints at retirement. And the first thing I do is I get on here and I say, there's no way in the world LeBron James is retiring. No way. And if you needed any more affirmation before he came out and said that last night, just look at what the Lakers did in free agency. All the guys that they're bringing back, those are all LeBron guys. Gabe Vincent, it's a perfect fit alongside LeBron. He wasn't going anywhere. He just wasn't willing to stand up and face the music that he got swept. He didn't want to wake up in the morning and see LeBron James swept in the Western Conference Finals. Instead, he wanted to see LeBron James... Could he retire? He's 38, 39, however old he is. He's not quite yet 40. Because that's a much easier message to wake up to and see. And he just, you know, avoided and changed the narrative as a whole. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening. I got a big podcast planned out for next week. Got both Zach Gray and Matt Murphy coming on to talk about the top 1%. You know, they're going to give me their opinions on it. They both have strong opinions on it. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be really good. I believe that's coming out on Thursday. Uh, I need Damian Lillard to get traded over the weekend, so we have something to talk about on Tuesday. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry sorry for the short episode. Hope you enjoyed it. I will talk to you all again on Tuesday. This has been Jonathan Smith with Shooting the Schmidt.